Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so thrilled that you are here today. And like always, before we get started, I would love if you would do me a favor. Wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, I want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media tag us here at a God shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. I do that because I want people to recognize that whatever it is that they're going through, that there is hope on the other side of that and that there is God in the middle of that. And the more times that this episode gets shared, the more people that we can help in that way. Well, I am really excited um, about my interview today. I was at the NRB, which is the National Religious Broadcasters, back in May, and I met a young lady from a wonderful organization. I invited her on the show, and she said, I would love to be on the show, but I think it would be better if our leader was on the show. And so I'm excited to see what our guest today has to say. And so we're going to talk a little bit about her and her journey, and we're going to talk about her organization as well. So let me read her bio. For more than two decades, my guest has been at the forefront of countering the culture by leading girls and women to creating lives of integrity. She is the founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls, a national Christ-centered leadership and character development program. She helps thousands of girls discover their true identity and purpose in Christ through American Heritage Girls transformative programming. Prior to creating AHG, she served for 12 years as an active leader and volunteer in Girl Scouts USA. She was highly influential in sharing the gospel with her troop in Westchester, Ohio. In response to significant changes in the director in the direction, sorry, of that organization, the course of her life changed. She heard the voice of God call her to start something new. She drew strength from her wealth of leadership opportunities, her love for her country, and her passion for youth development, and took a huge leap of faith in starting AHG in 95. I want to hear so much more about that, but welcome to the show, Patty Garibay. Thank you so much, Shane. It's good to be with you. I'm glad to have you here. So I just want to lay a context for a God shift before we get into your God shift moment and the organization that was birthed along your journey. So my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but then that moves you into greater possibility. And I believe that God uses these unexpected circumstances. He uses these trials, these challenges, and sometimes positive challenges in order to get our attention, because that's when he can invite us into the life that he has planned for us. So Patty, I would love if you could share a time with us that you've actually had to overcome some disruption to get to where you are today. You know, isn't our lives just filled with those moments, disruption? Yes, they're on repeat for sure. Yes, they are. And it's whether or not you decide to use that disruption for his glory 
or to mire in it. I mean, I, I think that's you you have a choice every time a disruption comes. And they in my life, they sure came a lot. I was raised by an alcoholic mom and a disabled dad. And um, you can imagine the dysfunction that was in our household. Five children, mom trying to do her very best, did not know the Lord, uh, did not know or did not seek help and support in that difficult trial that she had, which was to um, raise five kids with a chronically ill disabled husband. What a tough thing. And, and, and that's that's really important for me to underscore. But but also having a mom figure that was an alcoholic that was berated and angry and oftentimes um, could be violent with her words and with her actions. It was I, I had a scary childhood. And I think I always had this this little passion in my tummy to say, you got to have something better for your daughters and there's got to be something better. And how do you help families in that situation? And, you know, oftentimes what the church does is we ignore those families and that's really bad. And we felt very ignored and my mom felt very alone. So for us, it was important that, well, for me, I'm going to speak on my own because I'm the only Christian in the household, in the, in the five siblings I have. And for me, I, I had to find something. I had to find that refuge. And I was very resistant to it. I felt like I was very academic and I was in college and I was going to be an existentialist because I was a French major. You see, I was smarter than all my family that had talked of about course. God, but never really practiced it. So I was above that. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of stuff came. The Lord helped knock me down. And I do believe that happens. And these disruptions came time after time. And the biggest one was my first daughter at age four. Uh, she was playing with some friends um, while being babysat by her grandparents. My husband and I were out house shopping. We were relocating and it was a really exciting time in our life. And here as she was playing, a little, a little boy had smacked her in the temple with a badminton racket. Now, that could happen to anyone, and she cried and it hurt, and my mother-in-law, a nurse, checked her for concussion, et cetera. Well, you know, that little smack in the temple with that badminton racket ended up being a cerebral hematoma that was inoperable in the oh, front left quadrant of her brain. So here we are, young parents. I was a pregnant college co-ed, by the way, so a very unlikely person to be leading an organization that that um, encourages purity and um, all those things that are in the, our holy scripture. However, with that side note, four years old, she's four years old, she's inoperable, she's, she's with um, other children that are in 24-hour care, and I'm thinking I'm going to lose my daughter. My daughter's name is Rachel. It means little lamb. I did not want her to be my lamb that I had to sacrifice. Yeah. The Lord spoke to me clearly at that time, Shana, that that baby, that daughter was his, not mine. And was I going to come along? And all the while, the Lord had laid down a beautiful path. Um, I call it, a, a, of course, a tapestry where we as humans look at all the knots in the bad part of the back, you know, that doesn't look so pretty, but the Lord yeah. sees the beauty of what he has created. That's a great yes, to turn that tapestry over. And I, for a minute, glimpsed in those hospital rooms and that smell, you know, there's that smell of the hospital that just envelops you. And I, I came to a realization that I needed to succumb to the Lord's call. It was time. Yeah. My husband had been working on me for, for years. I was being resistant. And there the Lord brought me to my knees. I would say, and there's lots more of that. That was my main God shift, Shana. Yeah is when your own daughter is at risk, right? Yeah. And I said, Lord, I will serve you the rest of my life if you will spare her. And so- And it sounds, 
It sounds like your God shift moment was a lot like mine. If the Lord would not have allowed things in your life to be disrupted, you would have never paid attention to where it was that he needed you next. You know, I I have a background um, in therapy. I was a therapist for 18 years before I stopped practicing. I was a, um, a business coach. I was speaking all over the world. I had a great life. I had everything I could have ever wanted. I was making a lot of money, um, living a great life. And then the Lord allowed everything to dry up because he was calling me to ministry. Because had he have allowed everything to go along in my life the way that it had, I would have never paid attention to the nudges and the confirmations. I would have been like, there's no way he's talking to me. Because like you said, you felt like you were the least likely person to be where you are now. Like I was cussing and drinking brown liquor like it was going out of style. So so you're going to ask me to minister? And so I love the way God works because he knows what it takes to get our attention. And for you, he knew that if he tugged on the heartstrings of a mother, that he would have you hook, line, and sinker. And he doesn't do it to punish us. But if he uses something that's not going to get our attention, it's a waste of time, just like those of us who are parents. And so I want to hear, what did you learn during this whole ordeal? You grow up in a dysfunctional household. You end up here in this unfortunate situation with your daughter. Like, what did you learn about yourself during that process? You know, I think we can either be part of the problem or part of the solution. And I thought, you know, I could mire in this horrible thing that happened to me you know, oh, woe is me. And what am I going to do about that? And, and you know, what am I going to do about what the Lord taught me? It's not about me. It's about yeah. his power. And yeah. that if I would only kneel at his holy throne and say, you know what, Lord, I am not enough. I need you. That that would be enough for me to be able to have. And he redeemed it. He brought my daughter back. He even brought her back to fullness where they thought she would never be the same. And she has fully recovered. She's now 44 years old with three children of her own. And God has has just filled me up with his faithfulness. And then my next God shift was something that was, you helped me to see it today, Shana, is that, yes, my wiring for loving my child and really for all girls has led me to starting American Heritage Girls a yeah. wiring for all girls. And, and and the Lord knew that that was my heartstring too. And, and yeah. so he had to bring something sort of awful in my life around that. That meant so much. You know, what that, you know what that says to me, Patty? It confirms what I say all the time is that our purpose leaves clues. And so when we look back over all of the assignments that we've had in our lives, when we look back over all the things that have been allowed to occur in our lives, there's usually a common thread that is woven through that. And so oftentimes when we feel like the Lord is nudging us somewhere new, when opportunities come up, we can kind of do a fact check against, is there that same common thread that is going through this next opportunity? Because if it isn't, I'm not saying that it's absolutely off the table, but oftentimes the Lord is not going to ask us to do something that he hasn't already equipped us to do. Mm -hmm. And so even though our assignments change, our purpose never changes. Our purpose is always always woven in and out of every assignment. And so if someone is listening to this episode 
and they feel like the Lord is leading them somewhere different next, as opportunities rise up, I want you to ask yourself, does my does the common thread of my purpose that was in previous assignments seem to be woven through this one? Because if not, you really need to be earnestly in prayer about whether or not that's something that the Lord is asking you to do, because your purpose is why you're here and the impact that you're supposed to have in the world. And that can show up in a lot of different assignments, but your purpose never changes. Mm, I love that. And that is really a fleece, right? To compare what, what you think might be from God or what might be from man. And yeah. then when you align that with the Holy Scripture, is it aligned with the gospel? Is it is it aligned with truth? Because God would not call you into a dark place or to a place where that would not glorify him ultimately, right? Yeah. So you putting putting your purpose and his word. Wow, that's that's powerful. That's yeah. Holy Spirit powerful. That's that's amazing. I like that. <laughs> so Patty, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna play um a commercial during this break. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more about something that I say all the time and I've heard you say twice now. So we'll get to that when we get right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide when God says shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. You know, I love when my guests like lead me into my points and not even know it. And so several times, at least two, if not three, you've said, I, I had to make the choice did I want to, I don't remember your exact words, but you basically said, am I going to move through this disruption or am I going to just mire in it? And I say all the time, like, you know, the Lord uses what he uses for a reason, but we get to choose. Are we going to allow it to be the tool to move us forward because that's what he designed it to do? Or are we going to allow it to cause us to be stuck? Most people, unfortunately, that I have encountered usually fall on the stuck side. They never really understand why it was allowed to happen and that it happened for them and for other people and not necessarily something that happened to them. And then they also have not been taught. And I don't think church does a great job of really teaching us how to respond once we have one of these moments in our lives. And so that's why we end up stuck. So before we get into um, more of the direction of the organization, what have you noticed in working with all of the girls and women that you've worked with over the years? What are some of those common barriers that you see that cause them to stay stuck in their disruption instead of really being able to move through? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. What happened to me rather than for me? So looking at what we perceive as humans as a negative situation, that God sees his glory can be found in it, you know, and that we can be smaller so he can be greater. That's yeah. where we, there's a maturity, I think, that has to happen in your spiritual walk where you start to say, you know, how can God be glorified rather than how can I be, you know, get over this or how can I get through this or how can this be done with? You know, we just want these kinds of desert moments to be over quickly. Recently, yeah. I just went, I, I went to the Holy Land and we did a hiking tour of the Holy Land, 48 miles in a week, a lot of hiking, but 90% of it was in the desert. And that was intentional because that's life, right? Storms are the norm. This life is not meant to be peaches and cream. And I really thought once I became a Christian, I really, in my immaturity, thought everything would be better now that I'm a Christian. Little did I know it would only become more difficult in that I had eyes to see and ears to, to hear. And I knew 
what this world was about. Do you know what I mean? And I then I knew I did not want to be a citizen of this world. I wanted to be a citizen of heaven. So sometimes you need that maturity to be able to really put it in the proper box and perspective. And I think that's what happened to me. And, and I believe that God creates these issues so that you have an energy around it and a motivation. Because when you're in ministry, as long as I've been, especially the difficult ministry of, of youth and what's happening to them today, you need that fire in your belly every day, or it will just, it's just too much for you. It can't be about you. You have to be at the foot of the cross and asking the Lord for power every single day. And he does do that. You know, we even teach the girls, you know, it's, this whole girl thing is not about girl power. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit in the girl. When we've got that, that's when amazing things happen. And that's life can be power. Because we're not powerful without it. And I think that so much of what is being taught now is the reason why we're seeing the world go crazy. This whole YOLO, this whole you only live once is ruining our world because no one has any um, care in the world about authority. There's no boundaries. There's no parameters. Everybody just wants to do whatever it is that they want to do because we've been taught. It's been ingrained in us over this last decade. You only live once. So in other words, just do whatever the heck it is that you want to do and take all the focus off of God and anything else and put all the focus on you and what you can accomplish on your own. And it's really taking us down a horrible, horrible path. But I want to talk about your work that you're doing to fix that. So in the materials that your team um, sent over, I was reading the fact that when you were part of the Girl Scouts, that you had discovered a startling agenda that you feel like was going on within that organization. And that was one of the things that sparked you to start American Heritage Girls. Do you care at all to talk about what that agenda is? Because I think it's important that, especially those of us who are Christian moms, that we know what we're putting our girls into. And then I want to get into exactly what AHG does and how we can get involved. No, it was, it's, it's a gift, I think, from the Lord when he gives us a gift of discernment, although I did not employ it well in my college years, as I shared before. But I always had this sort of this moral barometer that would go tilt pretty quickly if something was askew, even though I didn't really know the Lord and didn't know his word. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, like you said, God's purpose was already ro- woven into me. So I, in the 90s, I had heard on the evening news that the Girl Scouts were changing the Girl Scout promise which, you know, every girl said that they promised to love God and they were changing that. You no longer had to promise to love God. Wow. And I thought, what is that about? So I really thought like so many of us, Shana, I, as a mom, my troops, I hear three of them, my troops will always keep God in the Girl Scout promise. And then my husband did one of those nudges and said, no, really, what are you going to do about it? You can't represent the Girl Scouts any longer as a Christian. Right. And I'm it's, like, not oh. enough. it's not enough for me to say, well, I'm going to keep that word in because yes. if the powers that be have a strong agenda to move away from God, it's like, I just need to separate myself from it because it's not likely that I'm going to affect change here. Exactly. And that's what where I had to do. So I had to fight the good fight. We started first with a whistleblowing group thinking certainly once the public or Christians in particular would be aware of this agenda, they would change the Girl Scouts would change their ways because, you know, they don't know their audience. Well, they did know their audience, but they knew that they could manipulate their audience. And so this agenda was one of a very um, progressive, moral relative, secular humanist agenda. And for me, that was a screaming whistle because what happens with character development, which is what Girl Scouts is, and you're basing it on nothing now, God's gone right? So what is it? The cultural mores of the time, the shifting sands of today? Well, look where we're at. 
And now what what are they doing? They're reflecting exactly that. They're they're pro all of the the stuff that is not in the not in scripture, not aligned. Very strong pro LGBTQ plus. Very strong um, critical race theory. Very strong climate. Um, you know the whole worship the climate. It, 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 it just would make your skin crawl if you would take enough time. And that's the thing. They're getting away with this because all of us were Girl Scouts. Our moms were Girl Scouts. Our grandmas yeah. were. So we're yeah, high- I was a brownie. I was a Girl Scout. Yeah. I have all the badges. Yes. And see, those were sweet memories for you. And they were formative for you. So what we do as humans is we, and I was at, I almost did it myself, right? My troop will be different is we throw away the bad stuff and we only look for the good stuff because that's what we want it to be. But yeah. there is a time and a place when we will be called in front of the Lord and even ask, the Lord will even ask us what extracurricular activities we chose for our kids and were they aligned and were they glorifying to him? And this is in this case, unfortunately, the Girl Scouts is not aligned and they do not glorify the Lord at all. Wow. So I had to, I thought it would be something small, Shana. I thought it'd be a minute. You know, my, my daughter, get her the third daughter. I was a third daughter. We always get hand-me-downs. I thought, oh, the other two got through Girl Scouts. I can't do this to her. Thought it would be a little club for a few minutes. <laughs> well, here we are 28 years later. Her, My daughter's daughter is now in American Heritage Girls, and she is a leader. So God has blessed this work, and it was all of him in the first place. I just didn't immediately recognize it. So tell us a little bit more about American Heritage Girls and how moms can get their daughters involved. Yes. So girls ages 5 to 18 are all in one troop, and the troop is chartered and owned by a church so that there's spiritual authority and oversight. And also it helps the church grow their ministry, grow their congregations, because families want to be part of this. The waiting lists are very long, as you can imagine. So there's always openings for new ministries for the church to to bring in. And and women love this because I think all of us are hoping for a Christian framework for adulting for our daughters. And we can cobble that together on our own, Or we can look for organizations whose sole duty 24-7 is to create this kind of framework and making sure that it's aligned with scripture and that you will not be concerned when she goes to camp or when she, you know, has, has a time, a sleepover or is learning a badge that her handbooks are pure, all of these things. And so it takes a lot to earn a parent's trust as it should. But yes. we are very open and transparent with who we are, and we encourage parent involvement. And so moms are growing too. Dads are growing. Families are growing because this is an immersive discipleship type program where you're doing life together. You're, the girls are learning skills, gaining confidence, not because of self-reliance, but because of their reliance on the Lord and knowing their identity in Christ. And they're able to set goals and serve others, all something that is so lost in today's environment where the, the girl, it's what you just say, the YOLO. Yeah. You only live once, but you need to serve others while you're living, you know, and that's you only live once, but you need to live right. (laughs) That's right. Amen. Amen. So it is exciting to see how this transforms girls. And now we are blessed to see the fruit of our labor, which we do not deserve to see in our lifetime, but we have. And the Lord has shown us that these alumna girls are choosing amazing vocations. I call them vocations, not careers, because they need to be a vocal calling from the Lord And, and to be able to really serve others and to make a difference in their generation. It's been exciting to watch. That's awesome. So tell me two things before we wrap up, Patty. Number one, if we have daughters, how can we find a troop to get her involved in? And if we don't have daughters, because there may be a lot of people that are listening 
that want to help the cause? What can we do to help further your mission if we don't have daughters? Oh, I love that you asked that question because it's such an important one. Anyone who hears this podcast can certainly say, I can be involved at some level. First of all, prayer. We are at war. We are at war with what's going on in today's society. And so that's very important. Secondly, you can volunteer. You know, if you want to encourage the the love of the Lord within today's girls, grandmas, people that aren't even moms, college, college, and, and young adults that are not married, they are amazing leaders. A matter of fact, our volunteer of the year is 80 years old. And she oh, wow. had her very first camping trip a couple of weeks ago because she loved these girls so much and wanted to witness to them through the, you know, the immersive experience of camping. So you are not too young. You are not too old. What you need to be as a, as a follower of Christ that cares about girls and is willing to invest because it gets a little sticky and messy right now. Girls, are confused with gender dysphoria, um, fear and anxiety. All these different issues are coming down on the girls. So you need to be able to temper that and be able to help them. And finally, if you're a parent, get involved. AmericanHeritageGirls.org is the best place to find a troop near you. You pop your zip code into that zip code finder, or you can start a troop. And those steps are right there too, because if you build a troop, they will come and your church will be blessed by the family that it creates, and that creates leaders for the church as well. Awesome. Well, I'm going to make sure that that link is in the show notes so that everyone can get involved. Win on your level. Every, like she said, everyone can help in some kind of way. You can pray, you can start a troop, you can volunteer, you can send your daughters, you can tell your friends who have daughters. I know I have. Um, and so, Patty, thank you so much for being here today. Everyone, share, share, share this episode because it's one thing for us to recognize as adults that there is hope on the other side of what it is that we're going through. It's another thing entirely to equip our children to not find themselves in some of these situations. I like to say all the time, let's stop finding ourselves in situations that we have to have a miracle. And there are some things that we can do to be proactive. And this is a great one. So please share, share, share it. Patty, thank you for being here. Everyone, I hope that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.